you go to the dark place to get to the light place. That's how I view it. I don't know. That's how I view it. It's like, yeah, that's how I view it. You don't stay there. You just, you go in though for periods of your life. Um, and then you get out. And if you stay too long, you get hypothermia like me. Dude, how are you feeling? First of all, I feel, I feel shot. (laughs) (laughs) Today's the worst day. Uh, yesterday and today, uh, just awful. Yeah. Just feel like all the energy is drained. Yeah. I heard that people get sick often, like a few days after when they return home. So I wonder if, how are you feeling? I feel fine. Um, just super sore. I was, the worst was going down to the subway, <laughs> you know, like the steps are like pretty steep. And I was like, literally like people had, people were like, excuse me, excuse me, because I had my backpack and I was like sidestepping down it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> besides that, feel good. Uh, no injuries. Like that's what I think I was a little worried about was if I was going to have, you know, actual pain after, but no, I feel fine. And so, yeah, take a few days rest and then back to it. Yeah. I think it would have been absolutely impossible for me to record a podcast with virtually anybody else but with you we spent the last seven days together um i guess i guess let's start there to like i want this to be a recap for us so that when we look back in in 10 years we'll be like all right this was a foundational moment of hopefully both of our lives so let's see what on what you came here on monday last monday yes missed my flight but got there around <laughs> around 3 p.m so you got here around 3 p.m and then for the next three nights you slept on this couch but on tuesday we hosted a run a run club where 40 or 50 people came out hopefully we can insert some b-roll of the the running and the run club I mean, what do you think of that? What do you think of the run club we put on there? And what was that experience like for you? It definitely surpassed my expectations. I had high expectations, but they were surpassed. Um, we had like 40 people there. It had to have been 40, if not more, or around yeah. that number, which is sick considering you you didn't have this group, you know, uh, a few months ago. Yeah. It was cool to have like a lot of friends there for me um, and some younger guys who, you know, went to school in Austin they just, they love obsession and like those, that's really, it was cool to see them because like those are the people that I think I really am supposed to reach right now, you know, that 20, 21 year old who needs that voice. Um, so it was cool to meet like some of them in person. Um, and it was also sweet to get some guys there who don't run often like Cole and Nathan. That was really cool. That like made my day. Um, that surprised me. I didn't know they were coming and, um, yeah, I really, really liked it. it. Made me want to start my own in New York, and you're gonna keep building it. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I, I'm so excited that it seemed like so many people building their own worlds came to this to our mm. to the event, and and that was so exciting. And it was like Cole Hastings, Nathan Bob, but there was like just incredible people, and just like I was blown away by the support. I was blown away by the love. And it was cool to to like get you involved in all of it as well. Um, we have to give a shout out to Ben Scharf, who flew down from Buffalo and slept on the 
<laughs> slept right next to you, basically, in my living room. And I mean, what a what a madman that dude is for last minute coming down. Such and a that's savage. that's why Ben is Ben. You know, there are reasons people achieve outlier success in life, and it's because they take outlier actions. You know, mm-hmm. and and no one is doing that except Ben booking a flight to stay for twelve hours, most of which he's <laughs> sleeping, just to run four miles with mostly strangers, and and he had a good amount of friends there too. But um, yeah, he's a madman. He's crazy. It, it was the best. It was the best though. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you describe him as like someone who like is one of the most well-connected people who doesn't have an audience himself. And it's like the reason for that is probably because he's willing to do stuff like that. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about. That's what I think about when I'm with him, like spontaneity and just like you can do things no one else is going to do. And, you know, I'm sure he has a million stories like that where he flies overnight (laughs) to hang out with people um, and sleep on their uh, sleep on an air mattress. And that's that's why he's done. So it's amazing. Yeah. So so then what happened? Wednesday, Thursday, anything of note for, from those two days for you? Wednesday, recorded a really cool uh, workout, like vlog type of thing with Noah. Uh, that was awesome. Noah Heisman. Correct. Heisman, still learning to pronounce his last name, uh, <laughs> even though I love him. Um, that was sick. That should I'll post that tune somewhere. That was like pretty epic. Never really done that. It was like... It was like doing a casual workout because it was the week of the marathon, but basically talking about like creativity and athletics like the whole time. So it's it was really cool. He he needs to do more of that format, and I think he's going to. And then we did the comedy show, hilarious slash painful. Uh, wow. Ever, and then we did because <laughs> right. some of them were really bad. And then Thursday, Thursday was a packed day. We hung out with who we hung out with Tyler from Endorphins. Hung out with Nathan. Uh, Bob, wait, 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 wait. we got to give some shout outs to the comedy club. I mean, we have yeah, Bobby Hobart who, who invited us. Yes. Incredible. Bobby. Bobby, you're the man. So much love to him for inviting us. And then our new friend, Kevin, ran 100 miles. What's what's his last name? Do you know Kevin's last I, name? I followed him, I think. I got to find it. Yeah. It's wild, though, how just like random person who you meet is just like, there are so many running savages out there. And a lot of them are quiet about it. It's just like a weekend yeah. warrior type of thing almost. Where they not that they only train on the weekends, but they just get after on the weekends. It's it's amazing. Kevin Wathe or Wathi, I think is his last name. <laughs> we'll we'll put it down in the show notes below. But this dude ran what? How many miles around a one point two mile track? Is that correct? I think it was a hundred miles, wasn't it? So he ran a hundred miles. Maybe fifty, yeah. maybe there I don't know. But it was a lot. It was an insane. Legendary. Amount. And yeah. and so we just randomly go to the comedy club with him because Bobby's friends with him. And it's like that was foreshadowing. It's all foreshadowing, you know, for, for what's to come and the pain that we're about to enter. We're we're really <laughs> building up to it, which I love because it's it's like I don't know if I've you know, I, I haven't spent a full week with you since October of last year for Austin. So Okay, so and this time was different for some reason. It felt like it felt like we were just more like maybe because your apartment's a little smaller. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. It felt like we were just attached at the hip all week, but it was good. We we got along fine. Yeah, most no, of the time. I think more than fine. I think <laughs> no, it was think great. It was great. great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, okay, so what what happened? So Thursday we we got lunch with 
uh, Nathan and Billy Oppenheimer. Uh, we saw Tyler Swartz as well and Vicky, and we had lunch with them. And what a crew. Yeah, dude, great people all around. And it's then, funny, I was thinking today, like, <laughs> and I was telling Dylan about the difference between Austin and New York. And it's like in Austin, you just walk five minutes out of your apartment and you get to meet with people like that at the, the poke restaurant. It's incredible. <laughs> Versus New York, you you can do that, but it's it's kind of a little harder. Like everyone has more shit going on and like people are, you know, you have to go uptown, downtown. It's like, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. It, it felt like you said, you said at some point, like we did so much, but I didn't get anything done. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah, it's totally accurate. <laughs> I think <laughs> if, if I live there, I have to have some restraint on like saying yes to stuff and seeing people. And yeah, like I'm visiting, obviously I'm going to be, you know, packing, schedule, packing the schedule, but, but I don't know. I feel like if I lived there, it'd be like that all the time. Um, it would be possible to be like that all the time. Yeah, it was nonstop action. In, which was, I think, really helpful for the marathon because... Distracted us. Exactly. We weren't thinking about it nonstop. But then when Thursday hit... Then I went crazy. <laughs> then you went crazy. <laughs> crazy. Full-blown lunatic. Full-blown, full like, blown head mad shaved. Full-blown madman. And, and you know what's funny? I was texting Tyler today because um, I, need, I need to get a coach now. Um, you have a coach. You're sticking with yeah. the same coach, right? Yes. I was texting Tyler today and he says, like... Because I heard, like, I texted him, like, I texted him, I heard you were worried about me after uh, we talked. Because I, ta- I told him what my goal was. I told him I never ran a marathon. Um, and he's like, I was worried about you that you were going to send it so hard and push through signals telling your body to stop. I'm which glad you're healthy. Accurate. Which I basically that was did. accurate. But it worked. I cramped and kept going. It was great. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil the ending. Spoil the climax. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> that's hilarious okay so, so what great. happened on thursday we uh yeah we went to that lunch okay and then yeah. the laundry um apocalypse oh, happened god the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> danny uh yeah that was a mess you can explain it dude so so the shower was messed up the shower is messed up i'm getting <laughs> trying to get someone to fix it today um and so like the the water wasn't draining on the shower and then oh man the we put the washing we put our clothes into the washing machine we take them out early we put them into the dryer which way to interrupt you like you just can't do that like i had a feeling like i had a feeling when we did that like you're not supposed to do that with laundry you can't just end it early and like looking back it's so dumb but but we did it and uh you can keep going yeah well we have like two hours into the flight and we're like all right we have the dryer going and so like let's just do the drying of the clothes for an hour and we'll be fine for our flight (laughs) and we click it and and the machine starts to go on but it doesn't spin and then after a minute it smells like it's burnt rubber and the place is going to go on fire. And we're just like, okay, like now we're screwed. Now we got, and my clothes are still, 
So we ended up putting... <laughs> your race clothes too, right? Like the clothes you're going to wear for the marathon, yes. which are important. Yes. Like if that was me, I would be having a full like, uh, like white girl meltdown, like, you know, like spitting, like throwing up in the bathroom. I would have been freaking out. I would have been like, Danny, we need to go to Lululemon. Like this is over. My time is going to be over. I have to look at my paces again. Um, hey, what, but, what was my but, reaction? Meditate. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally just sat down i recorded a video of you i have to show it i sent it to dylan and hunter i didn't tell you that I was as, like, as this chaos is happening i'm just i'm just like yeah i need to take two minutes i need to just like sit with myself and then and then after you meditated we just like all right let's avoid the problem and get pizza which was honestly a good choice um it was a good needed choice. the carbs and and then we realized we only had one solution you know same thing you do with the dead body you just you just bag it and move on and uh <laughs> i got the jokes today Someone quote that i got the jokes today um i think it's because i'm sitting where dylan sits and dylan's sometimes funny on this pod um yeah. yeah no i uh yeah got that and then my clothes are fine now are they are yours okay did you dry them bro so anyway let me let me finish let me finish the story we we both decided the only solution was to put our clothes in multiple layers of trash bags and just bring them with us because i was going back to new york after Went from Austin to Memphis for the marathon, and then I went back to New York. Danny went back to Austin. And uh, my clothes are okay now. I washed them with a lot of soap, and they only smell a little weird. <laughs> How are yours? Bro, mine are still in the garbage bag. Bro. Oh, yeah, you don't have because a washer. The dryer you don't have a dryer. Still <laughs> the dryer's still All right, here's what you actually have to do. You have to call. If, if you want, do not let this clothes sit anymore. Call one of these, like, pickup laundry services and just get it handled. They're not that expensive. Yeah. That's what you have yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, you're right. That's the move. Because otherwise, you're fucked. They they don't don't <laughs> let them sit anymore. It's and just make sure you say like wash twice or wash extra. Wash seven times, please. They smelled bad when I took them out of the washer, but the dryer it was fine. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on from this. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> so, so after after the the laundry debacle of Thursday night, we get into to Friday, and Friday, well, we leave. Austin to go to Memphis on Thursday night. We get there, check into the hotel really late around like maybe 1130 or, or midnight. And then it seems like, Zach, you start entering into a different mode. Like, something something <laughs> switched. Like it, it was an intensity and it was also like every detail and even those that you couldn't even think about were being like going on in your head every single second. And it, it was what was it like in your head on on that Friday? Yeah, it was definitely Austin. I think distracted me a little, which was good. I didn't have any really alone time to like think about stuff, which I think I could. There was some things I could have done better if I had that. Like I could have probably had my paces better planned, um, and like knew how, like plan to track them better. But but um, I think it was probably a net positive. I think the distraction was good. I feel like if I was like that on Thursday all week, like stressing anxiety, it would have probably been bad for me. But but the day of on on Friday, I meant, um, yeah, it was stressful. I feel like it started when we went to the expo, right? <laughs> and I was nervous because I have I have this old injury in my right quad. I like completely tore my uh, rectus femoris, which is like the quad tendon. Quad has four tendons. It's the one that goes all the way up to your hip. I tore it playing soccer, and sometimes feels kind of weird. So I was like, I was feeling some stuff before the run which I think was now like mostly in my head almost because I was able to get through the run fine. Um, 
And so, yeah, when we went to the expo, I just like had a lot of questions, which were, were fair questions, to be fair. Um, like, because when I signed up for the race, I put my goal time was a 3.30 because I signed up um, when even a 3.30 goal was like high for me. And uh, they put me in a corral that I'm glad I didn't start in because it would have messed me up totally. Um, and so I was asking questions about that, about the pacers. Um, I think that's when it started, when we went to the expo. And then it was just like, all right, I have, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and have to run this. And uh, yeah, I was very anxious because of what the uncertainty. The, what what about the shakeout run before the expo? Even shakeout run, I was nervous. Like I was feeling not good in my leg. I was going slow. I was like, I was sweating. My heart rate was probably high. I think I was just a wreck because I had, I had no idea what I could do, honestly. You know, I had a few good runs, but, but didn't have enough data to be, to be fully confident. You know? Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, it was like every maybe every twenty minutes, it would be a conversation around like the nutrition, or a conversation around like the specific paces, or if I do this, then this happens. And I was so annoying. I'm sorry. Thank you for doing. No, with no, me. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't annoying. It, okay. it was just like it was a cool look into your own brain, and I, I really appreciated that. I was like, this is what it's like to be with an athlete who really cares about their performance and ha- and is undertrained. Like I think that was also one reason you you just had no idea what to expect mm-hmm. and you were complete like you'd been training for 1 month for real, really. Yeah, even though you had, there there is sort yeah. of a yeah, like I've been saying that, but looking at like my other stuff like I was dieting hard for like 2 months before mm-hmm. that. That's like a big piece. True. And I was doing like 60 mile months, 50 mile months, which isn't a lot though. It's not a lot. That, that's like what, a casual 15 runner. 15 miles a week. Yeah, it's like a casual runner almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's which like isn't the full bad. context. Yeah. It, it, I, it isn't bad, but I think that that's part of the reason why yeah. you were freaking out so much or at least 100%, so nervous. 100%. Yeah, there was no data. Like I had this belief that I could do something, but there was nothing to back it up except my delusion. And so right. my it, it wasn't delusion. It, it worked. But like so, the the confidence was delusion, and people thought people like people who love me, like like Tyler and and Casey, uh, thought that they were like it's delusional. Yeah. So so what was what was your prediction for yourself going into the race, or what what were you hoping to achieve? Can I be honest? It's weird. I don't even remember anything I was thinking about on Friday. <laughs> like I can go back in my notes. I don't know. This I'm pretty sure I. I'm pretty sure I decided the day before I was going to go for a 3:15. I don't remember what. Actually, no. Sorry, I texted Hunter Thursday night, uh, going for 3:15. But that wow. was like in my brain a massive stretch. It was kind of like when I ran with him. I thought 6:45 was a big stretch. Um, me and Hunter did a 10k run, six miles at a 6:45 pace a few weeks before the marathon, and I had no idea if I could do it. It was kind of the same thing where I. I felt like it was extreme, but part of me thought I could do it. Like there was something in me that just like for some reason believed I could surpass whatever goal I set. And and I know I didn't surpass 315, but in my eyes, like if uh, in my eyes, I basically hit it. If I didn't cramp at the end, um, I definitely would have. And so I don't know. I'm I'm. You were in it's the a win for me. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a the, win for you me. Were in the neighborhood. It's a 316, a minute off. So it's like, um, yeah. Anyway. So, so you were thinking like, all right, 315 is what I'm aiming for. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, like that was my goal. That was the stretch goal. The, the real plan though, 
honestly, when I was going to the race was my plan was to do a 725. Sorry, sorry. My, my plan. Yeah. My plan was to stick with a 725 average pace, which, which is what, um, I, be, I believe that is a, uh, 315, gotcha. um, which I didn't hit. My average pace was a 730. And then gotcha. my, that was my day of plan. My like two days before plan was to do a 735 pace and then push for the last six miles. So a 735 pace was going to get me in at a 320, right? So my, my, my brain, my thought process was, okay, stick with the 320 pace. And if you feel good, go for the 315 at the last six, right? I'm so glad I didn't do that. There's no way I would have done it. I would have done worse, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah. Instead, I moved that up. I'm like, let's go with the 725 pace the whole time and see if you can stay under that. I went out. Do we want to jump into the race and just say how it went? Let's, well, I, yeah. I also want to hit the pre-race before. Yeah. So, like, okay. So, yeah. What, what was the sleep the night before when you when we didn't sleep up, at all? <laughs> I think I genuinely slept 30 minutes. I'm not joking. And we slept shitty that week. It's a good reminder that I don't think you have to sleep before a marathon the night of that well. I think like if you just get sleep the week of, you're gonna have so much adrenaline, especially if you're at a big race that you know you don't don't worry about it. It's like I like Hunter slept three hours. I think it's normal. How are you supposed yeah. to go to bed when you know that you're about to run 26 miles? It's like. Even though you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I meditated before bed and I, I slept five hours, five, six hours. Uh, but before I was going to bed, every maybe like minute, I would hear you go, <sighs> like just like going over things in your head. Like, <laughs> Lord knows what you're thinking, but it was just like a heavy, deep breath. Right it was before a lot. It was a lot of stress. A minute, every minute, um, which was... Because honestly, was, the whole week, Danny, I genuinely thought I was going to make it to mile seven and my leg would hurt and I would be living yeah. for the rest. The whole time, I, I deep, a big part of me thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Because um, so, I, I thought I hurt my leg training with Hunter hard, the the leg that I had the surgery on. Got you. Um, Which I honestly might have a little bit, but it I didn't feel it. So I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, so, so what happens then at like 6 a.m., two hours before the race? I get up, take some shirtless pics, which are on my Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to enjoy. Because um, <laughs> my weight was like a big thing, honestly. It was almost like I did a running prep and a bodybuilding prep all in one, it felt like. Because like a bodybuilding yeah. prep is basically cutting, um, which, I, which is interesting, right? I It's like, I feel like that's not super normal for a running prep. Um, you kind of just lose weight like naturally. Um, yeah. But I intentionally like lost 20 pounds in about um, three months. And, uh, but yeah, the morning of just put on some music. My headphones barely were working for whatever reason. Um, they usually work fine. The nothing, I have them in right now. Nothing, ear, ears, they're usually great. But I think they were dead or something. Um, playing my, my Dark Place playlist, which is like classic rock. Uh, a lot of uh, Sympathy for the Devil, Rolling Stones, great song. Is that public? Um, I should make it public. I think, yeah, if you listen to this, I'll put it in my bio, my link in bio, um, a link to it. I could put it down below too. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that song came from Haruki Murakami's book. What I talk about when I talk about running, uh, Which song? I start, what, I, uh, sympathy for the devil. I think okay. that's what it's called. Um, yeah, I started listening to it after I read that book and I just like that helped me through a lot of hard runs. That song. Yep. Sympathy for the devil, Rolling Stones, those, that kind of music some old like breakup songs like <laughs> like old songs i listened to when i was like in college and like in dark places honestly and uh 
yeah, just getting in the mind state and trying to like take care of my body. I woke up, I pooped twice. It was like, I, it's amazing how you learn to just listen to your body, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you have a plan of what you want to take and what you want to do, but my body, like before I left, knew I needed a little more carbs or knew I needed to go to the bathroom twice. Like, you know, I, it's like, it's amazing. That's honestly an amazing part of this prep. Um, and it's something I can always kind of trust. You know, I can always kind of trust that my body will know what I need. And that's like a, a good, even though it kind of didn't in some ways, which we can get to, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the craziest part to me was that you took like, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing when you, you talked about you, I asked how many electrolyte packets you took five, five before we left. You told me, you told me fifteen, and it just seems like such an unreasonable amount. I took, I think I took fifteen throughout the day, um, throughout the throughout morning, the day, the, the run, throughout the run, like oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was, I think I was joking, but the, the truth is, I needed fifteen. Honestly, I would, I, I should have had more, which but, is the crazy but, part. I, I just like think about Tim Ferriss, like uh, when he does the element reads, the LMNT reads, he, yeah. He's like, yeah, take one per day, max two. <laughs> and then when I'm like, how many did you take? And you're like, 15. I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, <laughs> you were pouring the, the, it was like the shaker mix and you were like pouring it on yourself. It's really like all over the place. <laughs> it was full. Well, I had, I had that shit in there. I had like uh, Nick Bear's thing, G1M Sport. Oh, that thing was so gross, but I, I chugged it. My thing throughout the run too. I, I can go over a full nutrition plan. I don't know if we need to do that right now. Um, I don't even know if, I, if what I did was right. But uh, I uh, I learned a lot from Jeremy Miller on YouTube. He has he has great videos. Jeremy um, Miller. He was yep. cited often as the guru yes. of, of the week. Because he had probably, yes, I still think he has like the most ed- educational marathon videos on YouTube. Um, him, and, him and Nick Bear probably. Um Anyway, um, but yeah, and the thing I had in my, I had a bottle I took with me, which I had for like the first 10 miles of the run, that thing was pure battery acid. Like that thing tasted so bad because it was like a a mix of all this stuff. It was, (laughs) it was rough drinking. Luckily you're running, you don't think about it, but, uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, we walked out of the hotel. We walked there. We walked. (laughs) What a fun walk. I'll never forget that walk. You're, you're it's 7 30 the race starts <laughs> at 8 a.m and and we the walk is maybe a, a five minute walk felt like an hour and and as we're walking there you're like i think we're in the wrong place i only see half i was so nervous i only see half uh, marathon runners i was cracking up i was like dude what are you talking about? you 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 were like I, I remember thinking at one point, like, and realizing and understanding, you were going to find a problem with anything before you started running. Like, there was nothing that was safe. The conditions could never be perfect. You were going to find a problem. And I think this is like how some people operate all the time. And it, honestly, being with you kind of like made me realize how different my mindset is in so many ways because I was like, there is nothing wrong. And even if we, don't race the way we want it. Like it's all good. And I think you were, you were fighting problems with everything, which was interesting to note and how interesting it shifted once the race was over. But yeah, I what didn't do you think, think it was that? that maybe it was that bad. I don't remember being, was it that bad? I was looking for problems everywhere. We were, I was nervous. To, 
You were yeah. walking. We were walking to the marathon. And you're like, I think we're going to the wrong place. I mm. only see half marathon bibs. And, and it turns like, out it's because like everyone was running the half marathon, and like there is not that many marathon runners. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. There was three thousand yeah. or five thousand total marathon runners, yeah. and, and twenty six thousand participants. So like way more people, I guess, were running half yeah. marathon. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Interesting, right? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, I actually felt like, yeah, I guess I was like that that morning. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't that bad, but I was pretty bad. No, I only tied my, okay. I only tied my shoes like four times, which is a good number for me. Usually it takes me like 12. That was what I used to what always is- do with soccer. I had like the worst OCD with like tying my shoes a million times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the day of it wasn't that bad. Well, it, you got in my head about that too. I, I retied my shoes seven times <laughs> yeah. as well as you yeah. see Hunter on the video. What up, Hunter? <laughs> What's up, Recording a pod out My other coach, him and, him and Noah. Oh, my God. You can speak into the mic if you want. This is this a podcast? Yeah. This is a podcast. Yeah. Yes, Brandon. we're live. Congrats, bro. Yeah. Thanks, bro. We'll catch up better. Yeah, just in case he's off this for like three hours talking really? about two so- Yeah, just we just we I walked in there. We started talking about marathons and we're like, none of us want to work this week. No one want to work. <laughs> we just want to talk and think about training and, and get to Tucson and start running. And we're like, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing? Like, what do you do today? Cause no one knows. <laughs> it's the week of. It's the intense. Like, That's what we're recapping today, right no now. Run tomorrow. That's what we're, we're recapping the madness right now of the how, morning. Off. How are you feeling, Hunter? I was telling him about how like, you guys are going to Austin. And you're like, well, I'm like, dude, I just did a block since August. I haven't stopped running. <laughs> He's tired. Danny like, asked, Danny asked how you're feeling right now. In terms of for uh, Tucson, yeah. So I just told Casey, like in a ideal, perfect scenario, I, I run a two forty three. But how are you feeling? Um. Dude, my, my ankle's still not 100%, but it's way better than New York, so I view it as as good as it's going to get. Do you think you I don't know what's wrong have the it. same fitness or like better? I think I have better fitness. So what I just told Casey is think of New York as instead of being a race, New York was part of my training block for Tucson. Yeah. So that was like yeah. the last hard week, and yeah. then I tapered into this past month. Yeah. So basically like Tucson was just another training effort. Think of it as like going out for a 26 mile run. That's the or New York was like a 26 mile run. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look that's at it. So like that's where I was like, Casey, I, I've had a very easy four weeks because I peaked yeah. four weeks ago to like yeah. taper into basically. Yeah, like, try to taper. I think that's a good way to look at it. I still gotta talk to Casey. Yeah, he's has was he pumped? Work. What did he say? Was he pumped about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he said he was wrong. <laughs> no, I didn't even admit it. It's just like he's a fucking freak. <laughs> I think, I think he said in here when he, when we were in here, he's like, yeah, if you do 315, it means you are like a mirror. It's like a miracle or like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm joining the freak club with you. Let's fucking go. I mean, that's, it's the greatest drug ever. Everyone's like talk shit on it. That's what I told Hunter. I, should I just get on here for a minute? Just come yes, sit, get right? on the pod. Yeah. Here, you I can wanna, take. I want to, I just have this one is thing Hunter to Weiss. call out. Right here. Guest appearance thing, on the I have podcast. one thing to call out is fucking Danny and Andy Frisella talk so much shit to me at first form. They're like, why are you so skinny? Like, what's your deal? You got to get in the gym. And I actually took it to heart and I went hard in the gym like the whole year while running and put on some good mass. But then I realized like, I don't need that much. You don't need much mass to run fast. But like the hybrid model is great. But now you texting me about I want to get faster and I'm like, how much you weigh? You got to lose some weight, get shredded. It feels so good because you're pushing. It's like the I tweeted, the mental game, the you versus you versus the gym is good. Like it feels good. You get a pump. Running is like where, what am I capable of? Like, totally different. What can I physically get my body to do? 
in the you have to you can't you can't get it overnight. Yeah, like the best no, I people mean, have years behind it. Bro, both are great, uh, but I yeah, I just want to thank you. This is Hunter Weiss, by the way, for those who are listening <laughs> and are like, who is this madman talking? I mean, it's it's incredible how much Hunter's impacted our journey to right. start we, running. We wouldn't like, be having this conversation. We wouldn't. I mean, April nineteenth, April nineteenth, twenty twenty three. Yeah, I say to you, be sitting in this room without you introducing me to Zach, and it's like crazy how it all works out. But then you have all of us influence each other in different ways. It's all connected. Hunter helped bring out the madman in me this year. The madman training side, light on life side. Even that Central Park run, I could not believe what Zach put down. I knew he was going to be fine when we ran the that loop, and we hit the hard. Get closer to the mic. We hit the Harlem Hill, and I knew when he put down we, a 640 on an uphill on the backside of Central Park. I was like, and he, he, I actually also knew that he was pushing as hard as he could because he wasn't speaking. And I was like, kept checking in. He's like, this man can't talk. That's a great sign. <laughs> Dude, that was me. We're, we gotta, we're, we're telling the whole story of the race, but I got to show you some of these pictures of me running because I, I, I do this thing. I was telling you, I think, like half the race, my eyes were closed. So I, I wasn't talking, and I wasn't even looking. Like I had to just be alone in what? You do I have pictures? No, no. I shouted in the bathroom here. <laughs> My phone. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, bro. That would do those. That run was monumental for me. I think confidence wise, hundred um, percent. Because we were talking about how I just had no the whole morning of and the night before the race. I was just a nervous wreck because I, I was in Austin all week. That's how it is, though. Like, but I had first one. I had no idea. When the thing with marathons is almost. I texted Ken Rideout about it before. He's like, I don't sleep the night before. No one does. You get your good sleep two nights before. So you're like before New York, I slept, I think like close to 11 hours, two days before. And then the night before New York, I slept, my watch said three hours and five minutes. So I got PR off three hours and five minutes, but I got all my sleep two days before because your body's gonna have so much adrenaline. Yeah, I, th- I think I slept like one hour the night before. Couldn't sleep at all. Well, now it, it'll get easier after yeah. your first one. I was so nervous. It's always like that, which is like why and you don't want to ever take drugs because then it's going to mess up your performance. Like If you could take a sleeping pill the night before, you don't have to worry about waking up and having performance issues. People would do that, but that would scare Fuck me. To run. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's get to the run. What happened once we get to – I mean we could talk about the P story as well. Oh, the, let's, yeah, let's start there. So we said bye to each other. The, so the Memphis Marathon was a big marathon. How many total participants in everything? 26,000 total. 26,000. 6,000 ran the marathon, I think. Yes, 6,000 ran the marathon. I think less. Didn't we say like 4,000? I don't Could, know, whatever. Four to 6,000. But the porta potty situation was very bad before the race. There was like 10 porta potties, all with lines of 30 people. Yeah. Is that New York too? No, New York is it was like... good. Yeah, it has So I just, dude, the race was starting in five minutes, huge lines. I just said, fuck it, went in front of the whole line and just like <laughs> cut this old guy off. And I was like, Ten, <laughs> a tense, I have to go. Smartest thing I ever did. Because that's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, if uh, to, be, to be fair, though, like, that's I'm on Memphis, though. It's on Memphis. And to be fair, I'm running the marathon. To be fair, maybe some of those people are running the marathon, but like, I'm running the marathon. I have to get to the first corral. Sure. This isn't a casual day. Like, I'm sorry. This is war, and it starts in the porta potty. Sure. And and anyway, yeah, so then I, mean, I shit my pants twice <laughs> in New York. <laughs> I had um, two porta potty breaks. Like, I was like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Like, <laughs> um, oh man. And then uh, yeah. And so then I I went up to the I was in the the back of the first corral. I'm glad I like I got the right spot. Um, because I was right on the start of my pace, and then the race started. You can. 
is that where we're going to go to next? Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah. How are you feeling in that moment? Well, dude, I had to pee um, as well. And I was like, listen, if I have to pee so bad, I'm just going to hold it in. And so I just ended up saying to myself, like, I'd rather pee my pants than cut someone on the porta potty line. Um, and then. Too nice. Uh, too nice. <laughs> I cut like 100 I, people. <laughs> bro, you got in my head about the tying your shoes over and over again. Yep. I retied my shoes maybe four times yep. as I'm just like standing waiting for everything to happen. And you don't want them too tight. You want them yeah. loose because yeah, your foot's going to swell. And, and yep. yep. Yeah, and then you get that foot pain or toes go numb. My, my, to you, right? my right foot went numb. Dude, yeah. And That's around like, like – There's a – when you tie your shoe, put your finger underneath and put your finger on top of the shoelace. Then tie it around your finger, then pull your finger out. That's pretty smart. Does that make sense? So like when you Say it again. Shoe, when you tie your shoe, you're going to put your finger here. Uh-huh. Put your finger underneath the loop. Oh, so that's smart. It's this like finger worth, like, I don't know who showed me that, but then it won't ever be too tight on the top of your foot here. Wow. That's genius. Thank you. Um, go watch that on YouTube if you're just listening to this podcast. Um, and then as we're standing there, like, and they do the national anthem, I'm like, I'm ready to cry. I was crying. There's like, I it's cried. like. Did you cry in, in New York City? No. I cried. I was, I was. Uh, well, well, it was a few things. After. It was a few things. One, it was like, it was, before. it was like children with cancer. Like it's America. It's so many people there for a common goal. It's like, I'm thinking about all the training that I did to lead up to this moment. My parents are here. I get to do it with Zach. Brett, Brett Ender, Harry Gray, and Noah Heisman are there with us to support us. Your parents are there. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, there's so much on this one singular moment. It kind of just hit me as they're playing the Star Spangled Banner. I get goosebumps. Um, I get goosebumps thinking about it, like, right now. When you yeah. talk about it, and then the gun. yeah, did you have a gun? I don't. Was there a gun? I don't think there was. I, I, I think so. Maybe didn't hear. I think. It. Um, okay, what happens? The, the race starts. starts. There, there was not a lot of fast runners, and you could look at that by by my time, which was like I was like 85th in the whole marathon. I was like 12th out of 25 to 29 men. Like there just wasn't that many people going fast, and so CIM. What'd you say? Every, yeah, it's everyone was at everyone was at CIM. And uh, so it starts, and I weave in and out of some. I weave in and out of some people who I guess were in the wrong spot. Whatever they were going really slow, and uh, dude, it was just the first four miles were really special. Like just this surreal, wonderful feeling. It just feels like you're floating. Euphoria like state. euphoria. I was, I was watched. So like I said, I was trying to stick seven twenty five the whole time. That was my. That would be a three, fifteen or three fourteen. I forget. Um, but I just. You know, I was just moving. I think I did like seven eleven, seven ten the first few miles, and uh, just felt so light. And I was watching my heart rate. I was making sure like I was not pushing too hard, which I think was the right thing to do. But in retrospect, I probably went a little too fast. Um, but it was just an amazing feeling, you know, to experience those first few miles. Uh, how are they for you? Um, Eating some Skittles, by the way. Just love like, that. You know, casual. <laughs> Good. Was it? Um, Performance enhancing yeah. drugs. <laughs> So I spoke to my coach before and he's like, dude, go out like kind of slow. Like he's, I said nine minute paces. He was like, probably 9.15 is what I would suggest. And then I did the first mile at 9.15 and I was like, yo, that is, this is so slow. Like I, I'm not doing this at, at 9.15, the second one at 9.15. So 
I bumped up to 830 and that felt good. And I was kind of making sure that my heart rate, I didn't want it to go too high, too fast. And then I found like a, a crazy groove by the fourth or fifth one, um, which is to me, like, I felt like, how am I going this fast? Like, I, I haven't hit 755s in training. And like, obviously, I did speed work once a week, but just to have my heart rate be so low and be going so fast for me, I was like, this is the coolest feeling in the world. Which happened from like mile four to fifteen. You did the you did the taper right. You know, I think that's why. Yeah. Like I felt the few days before with the carbs, especially because I was my prep. I think I was saying was kind of unique because I was dieting. My carbs were pretty low the whole time, even with putting in you know miles. You know, to be fair, for like a month or two, um, I just felt euphoric with the carbs. I you know mm. the few days before, three days before, I had like six hundred to nine hundred grams of carbs. Yeah, you probably like almost went keto a bit. A very low carb, right? So your body was in pretty low, like two hundred to yeah, three hundred, depending on running. And I took the, the three days. It honestly probably helped me a little. Like the three days of eight hundred, nine hundred carbs, I felt like I was ready to explode with energy. Yeah, you like, had so explode. much energy. Yeah, I still have it today. Like it's like, um, that's how I felt. I'm like it's effortless. It was amazing. It's interesting what you said, Danny, because usually it takes like the first four or five miles is the body getting in the groove, the adrenaline setting in, endorphins, and then you it hits you. And you feel really good going on until then you hit like the brutal point. So like the first couple miles, you're kind of in that flow state. And then that's what he said. Yeah. Right? But like usually that's common, like four or five miles in and then you feel good and you're on. Like it's tough yeah. to find your pace the first couple miles. Mm. So it's like it takes four or five, and you found your pace, you found your groove, you're separated from the group, and now you're kind of in your own. You're in your own race now because the first couple miles, it's really easy to get caught with other people or be worried about stepping on ankles or someone bumping into you. You're kind yeah, of in that cautious state, and then it's just you go straight to war. <laughs> yeah, there's war. You it it felt for you, dude. That's the thing. Every marathon's different. Like, where'd you start? When did it get? Like, uh, well, what was the hardest mile? Like, do you remember that? Like, boom. Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty five. When did it start to get hard, though? That's the other question. Um, I I felt like it could have started to get hard around twenty one, but like so I'll, I'll tell that story. That. You yeah. were just close, dude. I, New York. I was at sixteen, like dying. I remember seeing Marcus Million at fourteen. I was like, bro, are you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, like this is tough. He's like, yeah, this is really hard. That was like I, I wanted to quit at mile seventeen. I at stopped. seventeen, you wanted to I quit. I stopped for like really? ten seconds to like stretch my leg. Yeah, and someone was I had my name on. They're like, "Go, go, keep running." And I was like, "Oh shit, I got to keep moving." <laughs> so uh, well, and then we so we both said for like miles four to like ten, right? Just ripped by. Felt like nothing, right? Four to fifteen for me. For you, yeah. All were under eight ten, which was like. Which was great. Pretty similar for me. For some reason, like the tracking on my watch and my race times were so radically different. It's like, so bad. it doesn't make sense. They are like, it showed me my slowest section in the middle of the race at like 822s. And I don't remember going anywhere near eight. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's, um, it's whatever. That's accurate. And so it's like, in my brain, there was, it was like, there was like friction there, like, like I said, I don't. None of my watch paces, I don't think, went over that time during those miles. So it's like I didn't know I was going that slow. But um, though there was like a period that was the only time I ran with some people was like thirteen to sixteen because that's when I started playing the mind games where I was like, like I said, floated to mile ten, 
kind of cruised to like 13, knew I went too fast. I came into the half right. at, I think, what did I do? 136? Yeah. 136 half. My goal was like wow. 140. So that was that was good. Because I remember Jimmy DeSico, is that how you say his name? Yeah, I think so. Super Coffee. He, he helped me. Super Coffee founder helped me with some good advice. He's like, because he knew my goal was sub 320 at least. And he said, if you go 130 half, you're, you're kind of fucked. You went too fast. But if you go like 140, that means you're good. So I, I think I kind of was perfect, like 136. Yeah. Because I, I wanted 315. And um, anyway, and then 10 to 13, I started to feel some friction. That was the only time, excuse me, I paced with some people. I just like joined some some guys running. Me and this guy with barefoot shoes ran for like a few miles. That was fun. Savage. And then, then I started to play the mind games where I'm like, all right, you just have to get to 16. And then once I got to 16, I'm like, you just have to get to 18. And then 18, this is, these are the segments, by the way, how I split up my brain. Because originally, my plan was just get to 20 and then do the last six hard. And that was so dumb. Like, that is just not how it goes. <laughs> so instead it, was, instead, it was like, get to 18 because you've never been that far in your life. And once you get there, you're in a PR territory. You, you're, this is insane, what you're doing. Yeah. You have that energy. And then 18 to 20, you're like, all right, six left once you get to 20. But then once you get to 20, it's like, all right, now it's really you have to get to 23. Because th- four left is a lot. Three left is like, all right, you no, can push. Like is it what you did? at mile 20. It's like, that's like the, in, the joke with marathoners. Like, yeah, the 20. The world. And I, I knew that in my brain, and I started to get slower. And go ahead, Danny. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I remember Casey telling you, Casey Neistat said to you, um, the marathon is two halves. The yep. first 20 and the last six. And Correct. that was that was seared into my brain when I hit twenty. I was like, "All right, second half starts," and so I had with that perspective, it was so it was so helpful. It's correct. It's totally correct. And um, the other advice that I liked uh, that William Googe posted somewhere is mm-hmm. like first ten with your first ten with your mind, make sure you're hitting the paces. Second ten with your training, just trust the training you did, and last six with your heart. Um, I like yeah, that. I, it was actually really helpful to me. Um, because, you know, at the beginning, you don't want to overpace, even though I did. Anyway, and yeah, so now we're at where in the story? Mile, mile Let's like say, 18, 20, where it gets hard? Yeah, yeah. How is that for you? So mile 18 through 21, we're through the park. And I love that because it was like everywhere people are cheering with you and they're excited and they're getting crazy. And I was like, I like just hearing my own thoughts. I like hearing what's going on in my head. I like hearing the pitter patter. I like the nature. That's part of why I like running. And um, the it was I felt that that feeling of being in training while being through eighteen through twenty one. I get through the park, which is twenty one, and I'll, as I get through, I'm like, I'm starting to slow down. And a dude comes up to me and is like, "Nice shirt." And this is the first time anyone speaks to me in the entire, you know, 21 miles. And he's like, do you need anything? Like, do you need gels? Do you need uh, like nutrition? I got you if you do. Just such a nice guy. And I was like, nah, I'm good, but I appreciate it. And we we ended up speaking for the, the next two or three miles How are you and talking? running together. How are you talking? Like, I was fucking Bro, dying. <laughs> I I, I saw know. your parents I, at that mile, and they're yeah. like laughing. I was I was walking by, ran by. I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, Zach were, didn't look. I, I I I was like, I can't give this guy my full energy. <laughs> like, I can't ask him questions. Like, I don't have that in me to give to him right now. But 
I just appreciated running with someone. And it was so interesting running with someone because it was like we had the shared goal, shared mission. We had shared context for life. Uh, like he knew Jocko and like knew of Jocko and listened to podcasts and stuff. So that was really cool and like a, a moment that I'll never forget. And then, you know, what was crazy about it was my grandpa telling me at that time, my grandpa ran marathons his whole life. And he's like, mile 21 to 23 is going to be the hardest time for you. So like lock in for then based on your training and what you've done, 21 to 23 is going to be difficult. And, you know, 21, this guy comes up to me and we end up running together to until mile 23. And it just so happens that this guy's name is the same name as my grandpa, Richard. I mean, the odds of that were so low. And it's just like, to me, that was such an amazing sign of God. The and uh, and I, was, yeah. I was so, so blown Dude, away by that. That's something that happens in marathons, I swear. Yeah. Like, There's just like this weird sinks, like where you just yeah. sync up with something. You're like, how did that happen? Like, I had yes. my headphones in at mile 26. I look up. I look to the left. There's my mom and sister. My mom's holding a sign. They're screaming. I didn't plan on – I didn't know where they were. They were at mile 16 and they're at mile 26. I didn't see them at mile 16. I look up. I'm scanning the left side of the finish line going before going to Central Park, just looking at the crowd. And there's my mom and sister holding the sign up like 150 feet. And, right. and I wave to them. My mom got this epic photo. I'm like they came out to New York for the marathon. I'm like that's the type of things that happen. So you're just in sync with random occurrences, but you're you're drawn to that. Yeah, yeah I'll never forget it, that moment. Like it'd be one of the coolest moments ever because I'm like in so much pain, and I saw them. I'm like, I can go so much harder. I can go so much harder until yeah. I get to this finish line. Yeah, you just feel in sync with everything. Like there are some moments that are so transcendent. You want to know why? Why you're in the purest amount of presence because there's nothing else that you're thinking about other than getting to that finish line and there's nothing else that matters. So it forces like every bit of your body to be in a present state and you're in such a present state that you're feeling everything in your body. So you're battling your mind and how your body feels. And if your body feels bad, but your mind feels good, you know, you can push through it. And if it's the opposite, your mind might feel bad. You want to quit, but your body can keep going. Then it's like, you have to reframe the way you're thinking. Forces presence. uh, That's so good. That's how I felt. I went no phone, like left the phone, my mom, and just like, which I'm, you know me, I'm always on my phone. And it's like, it was just going on this journey. And it's like. Was that difficult for you to do without it phone? It wasn't difficult. Without, like I, without music? I, yeah, I, I've never really ran without music either, which is like, but it wasn't difficult, honestly. I like enjoyed it. No shame with music. Everyone likes to shame. <laughs> I, I wonder if music would have helped me because I'm, I'm very big into like the almost like self-hypnosis in the running right in the dark place heavy metal you listen to heavy metal when you heavy run, metal you puts you fast. heavy metal is like a cheat code for the dark place it like opens the door for you that's how i look at it and uh that's what i would do in training like i talk about we can talk kind of let's i guess now talk about it like some things that really helped me while i was running and these are things i didn't learn anywhere most of them i just like thought to myself and kept thinking of them is i'll, I'll post some more pictures because i just got the the pictures they take, like the race photographers, and almost half of them, my eyes are closed. Yeah. And not closed like blinking. Closed like I was running with my eyes closed. Almost. <laughs> it's it's squint. No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah. When you close your eyes, they're all around you. But it's like I'm squinting just so I can see my feet. And somehow that – I was reading the Murakami book, and he did the same. He did the same thing with his – he he his thing was very similar. He would narrow his vision so he could just see his feet. And maybe mm-hmm. that's where I got that from. But my thing blinders. is like Why do you think blinders, 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 and just like not nothing in the surrounding, and and it would help me. I, what I was telling myself multiple times was just fall asleep, fall asleep, 
and just I did that, and a f- that helped me get through a few miles where I don't remember what they look like. I don't remember what the miles look like at all. I just was gone. The other thing that really helped me turn your brain off. That's, that's from Nick. Actually, really interesting. You just say like there's certain miles you just never will remember. Never remember, but I actually didn't see them. Like certain miles you'll never remember. Like mm-hmm. I just think about that. Like certain marathons, there's certain miles that are ingrained in your conscious and like your yeah. soul for the rest of your life. And then there's other miles where like those were just part of that journey that don't matter. Yeah, interesting. You went like, through a gap, like, and they I feel like that's like the ten to like that's like the six to like twelve ish area. Um, it's different for everyone. It's different like. for everyone. But yeah, and so in the so yeah, it was there's different mantras for different parts. But like during the middle, it was more less of like the closing eyes, less dark place. It was more just. I, in my brain, I came up with this term. It's called seated pace. This is just my seated term. pace. Seated what does pace. that mean? And this is like sitting into the pace I wanted to stick at, which was 725. Yeah. And in my brain, it almost feels like I'm sitting down. I don't know. This is just how I think wow. of things. And it felt like I was like sitting in motion almost. Does that make sense at all or no? If, it's fine if it doesn't. It, it's helped me. And, and it helped me. And it's like just sit into this. It's I don't know. It should feel like you're sitting, like you're relaxed. And... Uh, I don't know. But then later on, it's like when I was in the dark place, which for me was, I mean, you can look at my splits. It's like, it was mostly mile like 21 to 24. Let me and, pull up uh, the splits. Yeah, you can pull them up. Um, I guess use the race. It, it's funny. The thing is the race ones talking, don't reflect it. The race ones don't reflect it well. Um, it's, it's funny that you talk about like sitting into this, like seated pace. Yeah. Because I think about like relaxing similar into the moment as best i can always similar yeah yeah um but yeah and then uh yeah so i i I struggled in that park i was all alone there was hills a hill big hill before the park you guys uh, yeah slow down heavy there yeah what was the tracking like there was also no people there was also no park i was completely alone like i looked around me not one person which was hard like it's easier to run when there's people um in front of you or just around you. That was actually, I think, something I, I might never experience again in a marathon if I don't, unless I do one smaller than this, is running, like I said, back last quarter of the race, no, I was alone the whole time. No wow. one running with me, no one pacing with me, which was good and bad, I but think. What we're doing next weekend, all our whole group that's going down there. There's no people. Small. I mean, we don't have, there's no, there's fans. no one, like, there's no fans. Like, wow. Just you wow. on roads Intense. running your own thing, like, in your own mind. It's kind of sick, though. Um, might even have a friend, like, because you could technically drive the course while we're running it still, like hand me bottles. Yeah, so yeah, I don't do. Like, do full handoffs to make it as efficient and fast as possible. I wow. That. That, yeah. That's what, that's what we had. Our buddy Noah, um, all praise to Noah, saved the day. And uh, he, he tossed me waters and gels the whole time, twice, saved my life and paced me. That was the big thing. Mile 20, there's like that video. Mile 24 got me moving good. That Huge. Was, that was dealing. Huge. I was Dylan at New York. He saw me. I'm like, Dylan, please come run with me. I was dying. And he just like ran a little bit. I got some energy and just took off. So what was the, the dark place for you or the darkest? It was, I'm pretty sure, I have to look. It was like 21 to 24. And I was going slow. I was. This was in the park. I was doing like 745, 755, 8. I think I got an 8 mile. And this is where I was kind of like, I don't know. In my brain, I just deeply knew I could push at the end. It was just when was I going to be able to, you know, like I knew the last two miles I'd be able to, but I didn't get it really before then. And so it was, to me, it was just like get to the last two miles because I knew I'd be able to push. Um, I knew it would be flatter. I knew it would be downhill. But but that part crushed me. The part crushed me. And it was it was um, 
yeah, it was really dark. I don't know how I got through it. I don't really remember that time. I just remember it was really painful. And um, I, I felt like I was sprinting in the, those miles, just sprinting, even and though I was going slow. How do you come back to life? The Noah thing definitely helped me. That was, honestly was huge. I don't know where I would have finished if he didn't help me. And then um, I think I turned a corner. There was like, a, you, you remember like towards the end, you kind of get on the last road, right? You, you, did, the, you did the U-turn on that side road Stonewall. in the neighborhood. Stonewall? It was called Stonewall. How do you remember the street? Because just it was so prophetic. It okay. was literally where most people wall. would, would yeah, hit the wall. Noah said that, right? Or did yeah. Noah say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after Stonewall, that's where I just, I think that was where there was two miles left or, or maybe two and a half or three. Stonewall but, was 22 to 23, I think. Okay, yeah. So I don't remember. It was whenever I got to 24, I felt good. I had 2.2 two, two, two miles left. And that was when I just you started. You felt good with 2.2. Yeah, I just felt good. I was ripping, and and then, yeah. Um, where where are you at at this time? Um, Richard leaves me, and I start <laughs> feeling bad because I thought we were gonna run together to the finish, and he's like got a dip, and he he, he ended up finishing a minute faster than me, and just like thinking in my head that I had someone to run with the rest of the way to no, you don't. You're doing this shit alone was was like something i had to recalibrate really quickly in my head so that's where i was at when did did you get faster towards the finish or not really i gotta i gotta check the time so i don't think so yeah i were you trying to or you just weren't yes yes you just weren't able to you just did your, correct yeah i don't know how i mean i, I know the to. last mile the last half mile was faster but yeah it was downhill though but uh yeah no offense uh <laughs> yeah but, no and so so then but you weren't like your what? 26 mile was slower than your 27 e, e, say that again like there's no 27 mile right obviously but <laughs> on the garmin i'm looking at it right now you your 26 mile says 718 and your yeah. 27th which is a half mile because the garmin tracking was messed up it says 752 I'm going to pull it up so I can give good context. Defend yourself. I will. I mean, okay, so mile 24. Yeah, no, mile 24, I did 731. This is the Garmin time. Uh -huh. 731. And then mile 25 was the cramp. That is the reason. Ah. That added 30 seconds, basically. So basically, mile 25, I did a 730 and had a... Uh. So, this, so to give context, uh, mile 25, I was you know one uh two i'm so bad at math 1.2 miles from the finish and and fucking felt amazing i was going up this small hill into like the last segment literally sprinting i i have my pace chart i posted i think i got up to like a 650 or 640 pace on that sprint i mean i say sprint it felt like a sprint to me um that to me is insane that i was able to do that after 25 miles after never touching 18 miles even like after only touching 18 miles that is i don't know how i was able to do that Anyway, and then my body, though, just wasn't there, was not ready to do that for me. And two, I was going up a small hill chasing these two really fast kids because they were sprinting too. And just instantly, two violent cramps up my hamstrings. Shocked Damn. me. Couldn't move. Stood still completely. Uh, it hadn't stopped the whole race at all. It's because so, you started sprinting. Started sprinting. That's why, yeah, 100%. And that happened to me in training. So, like, how, how could I avoid that? 
if like my body sprint wants- more harder running <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the answer. well it's like you just gotta train your body up so that usually cramps are a sign of like muscle fatigue like not being used to that amount of I think it was that. output I so sprinted a few times. if you've ran 20 miles before but you've never sprinted at the end of a 20 mile run your body has no muscle memory of that or but it hasn't so, done that so he said the doctor because um i'm spoiling the end but after the race i went like literally hypothermic for 30 40 minutes fingers were ice cold body was ice cold body temperature was like a 90 uh, was it 96 or 92 95 95 um, it was really bad. They said it was mostly water slash electrolytes, not having enough. I think it was probably both. Usually sodium. But do you think it was yeah. like, do you think, like, I wonder what was most, was it mostly that or was it mostly just me not training sprints enough? Probably both. Both. How was um, the weather? What temperature was the weather? A little cold. It was 58, I want to say 60. So not that much sweat levels compared to. Yeah, yeah. it's probably training wise. But anyway, so yeah, to wrap up my race and then you can finish your story. Uh, yeah, so had that bad cramp, stood still for 30 seconds, walked like slowly for 30 seconds, but basically stood still. And then just, I remembered that Nick Bear video, which we talked about where he, on his sub 250, same thing happened to him. He cramped in one leg at like towards the end, stood still for, a, walked slowly for like, a mid, I don't know how long, a few seconds, 10 seconds, and just ripped through it. And that's exactly what I did. I just started running slowly, like skipping almost and just, was able to get through it and finish pretty strong. I think I got back up to like a 640 for a little bit before the last stretch, which the last stretch was the probably the, one of the best memories of my life. The last like uh, half mile, it was going down like just an empty highway, like an empty highway bridge almost was just completely empty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like so magical. You're, and, and I was completely alone. Wow. No one, You could watch my finish video. No one's near me. So Pablo, just like, video, video King sick. Pablo, insert finish video here. Sick, right? Yeah, you're just running by yourself. Just in the, it's so cool. Game. And I was barely moving though. I was like skipping because I, I was worried about cramping. I was in pain, but like, oh man, the, oh, I get goosebumps thinking about it. And, like, that's what I told Hunter. And now I think I'm understanding uh, why Jimmy said like, you'll be a little depressed after the race. It's because like you, that dopamine high is like, I just want to go back to that. And I won't be able to until, you know, maybe Austin, assuming it goes well. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing like that. Post-marathon depression is real. Yeah, did you feel that way? Post-marathon depression is really real. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I, uh, it's a high. It's a drop. You're a high. I I felt really bad and was craving a lot of things that were bad for me after it. But wow. like, that's what it is. Like your mind's. Yeah, like the amount of ice cream I ate took the 48 <laughs> hours after New York. I would put down like three tubs of three pints of ice cream. No, no shame. <laughs> Yeah, and you also feel like you deserve it, so you're like, that's added too. I view if I burn 3,000 calories or more every day, I deserve anything I want to eat. Anyway, so yeah, finished the race, 3.16.30. What sucked partially is like the whole last few miles, I was 100% sure I was going to be under 3.15 because wow. I was like looking at the paces I need. I was like 100%. I, just, I, I looked at it and I said, I, just, I need to hit eight-minute paces because uh, now is, I think, mile 25-ish. Um, based on what I was doing, my big fuck up, my probably number one fuck up was that I did not have a way to track my average pace for the whole marathon, which was so dumb. Oh, you set it on the screen. I didn't have it. All I had was my current yeah. pace and I thought mentally I'd be able to like track it, you know, cause I saw each lap, but I, that was so dumb. Perfect. I needed to have that. Yo, here's a hack. I actually just found out that'll help everyone listening to this and you in the Garmin connect app, you can load race profiles into the Garmin and then set a pace goal. 
for the course. For the course, and then it'll adapt to the elevation, and then sync it to your watch, and then yep. set that up, yep. and it'll tell you if you're ahead or behind your goal, and it'll automatically, from the, your phone, have adapted the elevation. So if you want to run a seven-minute flat, you'll load it up, and it'll tell you if you're running a seven or if you're above or below the entire time. And wow. you can build it for any course or any run. So if you want to do a 10-mile training run, you can sync a 7.30 pace for 10 miles, go in your Garmin, click start, and then it's going to take you on your run. And then all you have to wow. do is maintain it in that. Super helpful. I used it between New York and like the last four weeks, and I'm going to try and use that for my next race. It was just sinking wow. in elevation adapted pacing zones. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, next time I need to have the Garmin more dialed. That was one of those things that like I feel like because I was busy all week, I didn't optimize. But it's... uh. I, uh, good. I, uh, yeah, and then. Wait, wait, the wait. Before, oh, does he have to go? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's gone. Cause I, I wanted to hear how the, how it was like to track on their end. Oh, uh, I'll ask him if he comes back. Yeah. Um, <coughs> um, I mean, I know they were just having fun betting on us, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. betting on us, shitting on us. Like it was probably really fun. Um, that's what I heard from them so far. Okay, so wait, go through the you cross the finish line you have this euphoric moment what happens next i cry for like half a second Uh because i was really proud of myself even though um i didn't technically hit my goal i i hit it in my brain i was close enough and um without the cramp i was gonna hit it so like i'm really 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 insanely happy i genuinely thought there was a high chance i would finish the race at like 345 four hours not be able to finish like with an injury like there's that was a massive probability in my brain um and yeah so i was really happy but i didn't really get to enjoy much i was kind of delusional because i was so i was going into like hypothermia basically and so i i walked for a little into like the stadium after the race is over and then i'm like i'm just out of it laying down on the floor and that's when tara comes and saves the day and wow. this random lady, really nice woman, checks on me, let me use her phone to call my mom because uh, I didn't have my phone. And uh, yeah, I had to go to the med tent, had to get like covered in tinfoil and uh, b- warm blankets and luckily didn't need any fluids or anything. But um, I was freaking cold for a long time, like 30, 40 minutes after still fingers ice cold, which was cool. Not cool. It was just weird. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> super cool. I was just happy, though. Once I got, once the pain went away and I stopped shivering, I was happy. I was just like, I'm recovering. Like, this is incredible. I was, it was so happy. One of the proudest and happiest moments of my life. So Tara calls your mom, this random woman finds you in the middle of the ground and is like, yo, what are you doing here? Are you good? Do you need help? Like, what, what was that like? I was just on the ground, like laying down. It's when I, I did a picture of me. I posted like sitting with my legs out and like smiling. Yeah. Uh, that was right after my mom got to me. And uh, I was just. Yeah, I just she saw me looking at her. She saw I needed help, and uh, she, you know, she let me use her phone to call my mom. And uh, yeah, you have that amazing story, right? You back in? Well, I don't want to interrupt. I don't know what you want. Do you want to ask yeah, any yeah. questions to Hunter quick? Or you yeah, yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to ask about. He has one more question. Yeah, I, will. I, I feel like I kind of like sabotaged your guys' podcast. No, you're good. So nice. not, not at all. You added like, to it. I don't know if you want me chill. in it or it's not, chill. or because I don't have anything really that important you to do right now. It's good. No, yeah, in, no, we're, so we're having this conversation because of you, so yeah, no, it, it's great. Um, I was curious what it was like to track it from your end. Of you had us in the, the app 
It's yeah, I mean, I kind of woke up late and I was like, oh yeah, my boys are running a marathon. And I was like, oh, there's a time zone. I didn't miss much. So, because uh, wait, I think you're two hours behind or one hour behind? One. Yeah, one hour behind. One. So I log in, I'm like, oh, they're only like mile seven and eight. It's already showing projections. I was like, okay, like none of these matter. I don't. What's my, what's my I don't. Even, really? I think at one point yours was a three nineteen yeah. or three twenty three, three nineteen. Yeah. But I was like, none of these matter. Like I, I'm coming back. I'm checking in third. I just checked every thirty minutes, yeah. and then the because uh, I was it was really accurate. I also was tracking ride out because he was in second place or first place for a while, and then uh, I think someone passed him, and then he passed again. Um, and like he runs a three, what is it a two thirty three, and he's pissed off about it because he's just <laughs> such a high performing winning savage that it bothers him and but i was watching you guys and uh there was i think uh one part where i was like okay i was like going through the elevation map i was like okay this looks really flat this looks easy and like that looks like hill 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 i don't know if you guys knew like maybe it was mel i knew 18 to 20 that was it like up a hill down a hill up a hill down three of them towards the end 18 22 yeah. Time to have that too. I feel like. Yeah, that's where I was like, okay, this is where there's potential blow up zone. That's where I was like watching to see, making it through that part. Made it through. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tracking's easy. Like these apps are insane now. Nowadays, it's like tracking NASCAR. Like every person is just, you know where they are. Were you? Did you like? Were you like thinking like I was done? You were believing in me. I was believing in you. I text. I was texting screenshots to Sahil. So okay, let's read. Let's read the text. Let's read, <laughs> let's read the chirps. No, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Sahil this is the real the stuff. He this is the real recent. W- when I ran, remember I ran eighteen mile workout. No, let's start with Sahil. Let's start with Sahil. So I get a text from Sahil. How would Zach so do today? This is this Sahil is Sahil Bloom. Bloom. He crossed sixteen point nine miles at two oh six. Still running. Predicted three seventeen. So you're predicted awesome. Place pace hanging in there. Pain cave. Yep. He's at pain. This was when you were going to the hills. He's at Pain Cave Hills right now, around a 7:58 pace. His average is 7:30. I thought Memphis was flat, and then I told him 750 feet of climbing. Then um, we want the. Do you want to know what he said, Danny? <laughs> I told him. Yep. I said 3:16 for Zach. 7:30. He did it. Awesome. Love it. What did Danny Miranda run? Said he's still running because you were still running. Projected 3:45. Damn, he got worked. I thought he was in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> stack that. it up danny stack it to the the pile love that sorry he'll hears this sorry I'm not, i don't expose people's texts ever i hate reading or screenshotting text i don't do, believe in that but this is all in good fun right okay no i i love it i need nothing more of that there um let me get the casey text <coughs> this is great <laughs> these we send each other a lot of shit so i gotta find it <laughs> we've been sending each other uh videos from like ugandan runners that we found in africa like i have the most sleeper channel i don't want to share to anyone it has like 800 subscribers and it's just like technique from like things pro runners in africa are doing that's how like we've taken it to another level of obsession Uh, i don't know i'm just just looking forward to seeing these texts this is I, i screenshot zach he's uh a 723 pace um, <laughs> an hour 38 in 12.8 miles screenshot to Casey he's gonna die how do I track send me a link <laughs> and then 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 it's like I feel his pain from here he's all over the place Zach's gonna bonk not his fault first timers I'm like yeah he said I'm he said to me I'm going for a 315 and then 
There's a marker coming up at mile 16.9. Going to be telling. If his pace drops way off, stays north of eight, he's in trouble. Which it did. It did go north. Yeah, yeah. We were like, oh shit. But the thing is, it didn't on my. I did not. I'll, my pace is on my watch. Then he gets a screenshot. Yeah. Not bad. Then you got a not bad. And it, then because he went up. Then right? then here's the best part. What's your prediction Wait, right where, now? Where was the not bad? Let me when say. you were at uh, 16. I got down yeah. to 752. Okay. Then it's what's your prediction right now? And I said, computer. Like he. Asked, I, was, I didn't know if he was like computer or personal. Personal, I said, I bet he rips a 323. I say right. 341. I said, worst case, 330. But I, in case he said, but I hope you're right. I said, let's bet a steak dinner on who's closer. <laughs> I got a thumbs up on that one. I didn't even ask. I should have had him buy my lunch today. And I'm like, marathon starts at mile 20. He's at 19. He's crushing. This one is just like time zone. And then I sent him the final results. Absolutely amazing. What a boss. And then that's it. I love it. I love it. It's amazing. It's crazy that you thought he was, or Casey thought he was going to get what three thirty nine. Well, thing is, he's right for most people. Dude, there's a lot of factors. Like, I think yeah, Zach could have cramped at mile twenty and true had to walk for fifteen minutes. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, the marathon every like my buddy just did CIM and he was running a three or two seventeen pace. Like he was gonna he was going for like a sub two twenty, hit the wall bad and ran a, a two. 238 his wow. PR is a 226 like he was trained to run faster than a 226 you never wow. know what's going to happen you just never know like there's so many factors look at this though sorry, that's the gamble sorry to interrupt though like what's crazy is can, can you pull it up again on uh, my splits at like 13.1 yeah. uh, it's okay actually I, I can find it nice. what's crazy Danny is and maybe I have to get a better Garmin because my no, Garmin all the Garmin's are fucking no but read, read my 13.1 split so this is, says well, no, so no, no. You gotta realize this is not your total pace. It's for the last this segment. It's through the last segment. Yeah, so, so for two point one miles, it says I did a. Here's the thing: the chip doesn't lie. I know, but listen, but no, but I'm telling you, it's interesting now. Because listen, tell me if I could have done better. It says eight twenty two. I did from eleven miles to thirteen point one, but on my watch, listen to what those paces were: seven eleven mile eleven seven twenty four mile twelve seven twenty five mile thirteen seven nineteen mile fourteen seven nineteen. Mile fifteen, seven twenty-two, doesn't make sense. That's forty. That's a, here's a minute. No, difference. because here's the thing: that's a minute difference can happen on the Garmin's. Like my New York, when I finished New York, my Garmin didn't even have me running a marathon. Right. It was off by like point four miles. So was ours. It was point two. Yeah, yeah. So all your times are off if you finish with less miles, but your times are faster. Like that means it's. But that's such. That's a minute difference. It doesn't make so yeah. crazy to me. That's the thing is they I, fuck me up somehow. Because were there tall buildings everywhere or trees? No, some trees, sort of. Some yeah, trees, but see, like that's the thing. New York makes sense why Garmin sucks in the city. Like, but that's yeah. obviously the reason I didn't make it. But I run thing. with a phone now more than my Garmin. I only run with Garmin for my heart rate, but I do everything off the phone because it's not accurate. And maybe that's why a lot of guys are switching to Coros. I think it's called. Fuck, it, I'm switching mm. to Coros because this is so bad. <laughs> this is Coros Zach, sponsors this. Zach, you need to take some I responsibility. Seven, I, I thought I was under 725 the whole time until the, the end. And I was on my watch. But, dude, that's what happened with Casey and why he was pissed about New York because he had to run like 258 on his watch and then he crossed and chip time was a three something. And it's, you know what? In the end, though, the truth is, though, in the end, the times were like in, pretty similar. In the so end, it the evens pros out. don't even wear a watch. Yeah. They just it, go out and there it, and run their horse. Is that out. true? I mean, yeah. most of them, I guess they do maybe. Well, like for what's interesting rate. is it, it did kind of even out at the end. Like my, my, my Garmin time was actually really close to my actual time. So it's like. But I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that, though. That that was a minute off. It shouldn't be like that. That's like, how it, am I supposed to track myself? I guess you can feel yeah. 
I don't know. My watch said I ran it is what it is. All these things are so new that it's like, yeah, bro, anyway, like, who are we to um, complain? It's this. Uh, this is like complaining about airplanes. Yeah, like you should tell your story of the finish. I feel like you didn't get to yet. By the way, what, what shoes did you run, in, Danny? What'd you go with? Uh, the same ones that I I trained with the Gel Keyless Asics. Not Gel Keyless Twenty Five. Not not carbon plated. He needs carbon. No, plate, right. I think it's such a difference. It makes a difference if you're running, uh, like if you're pushing, because it's different bounce. It creates momentum. The yeah. whole thing is. I, like I didn't want to. I didn't want to risk it with something I'd never tried before. Yeah, you have to do it before your training. Like I, I, I haven't ran. I've only ran my race shoes like three miles since New York because I just know they're not good to run in. They're not good for you. <clears throat> they uh, hurt your feet a bit. Not hurt, yeah. it, but like they're mate. They're high performance shoes. Which do you have? Uh, I've tested all the carbons from Nike, but I go use the Vaporfly twos. Nike Vaporfly Next Percent twos. The twos are better than the threes for my foot, but I also uh, I'm really I I stay on the balls of my feet like the first eighteen miles. I'm pretty bouncy, and they're made for that type of runner. They're bouncy with forward momentum. If you're touch, if you're striking the heel or the middle of your foot, then it's going to change the the way that shoe reacts. And you, you mainly go on, on your toes now for I your do. first, gotcha. Just like my body is pretty strong for toe, like running on the balls of the feet, less, less foot impact time. So it can bounce more. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. See, dude, my Garmin said I ran a 254, just like, what was your time? I started this for the New York? second I started yeah. and crossed the finish line. Yeah. It was a 256, 24 and it says 254, 52. Weird. Where did those two minutes go? So what do you think? Prediction? Can I in the bathroom taking a shit? (laughs) How long was that? It was two minutes. Did you stop it? Did you stop it when you took a? You didn't stop it, right? Well, yeah. If that's you can't stop the marathon time. So yeah. Um, you Um, do sub three in Austin. So so wait. So what's next? (laughs) We're we're going to Austin next in seventy six days as we're recording this. Zach signed up today. And regrets it already. What's yeah? Name? The elevation's kind of bad, but I do think if I can be smart, it's at the beginning. It looks like there's a huge hill in the beginning, and then it's pretty okay. So it's like, yeah. all right, just shave your legs on that big hill, start the race, go a little slower, and then hope you didn't you know burn too much. That's February eighteenth, twenty twenty four. You already got your race strategy. Do you have? I would say February in Austin's probably some pretty good weather, right? Yeah, it's good weather. Yeah, let's let's Google it. February Austin weather is Austin at sea level or is it at elevation? Pretty sure it's sea level. Sea yeah, level. Sea level. Forty-five to sixty-five. Yeah, it's great weather. What do you think about training on the course? Do you think that'll be helpful? Not helpful? What do you What do you think? As I do have an advantage or disadvantage by being in Austin, training for the Austin Marathon here. It doesn't matter. They, if you like, want to have like mental memories of where everything is, I think that's helpful. Because then you think, okay, this is where the hill is. This is where it's flat. Now, you know, like, this is flat. I can attack here. I'm going to have to conserve energy, run slower. Yeah, I'd say it's kind of tactical for yourself. Like, when I used to race mountain bikes, you'd always go ride the course before, and you could learn it. Then you can know, okay, there's a really steep hill in the middle. There's a really technical downhill. The flats are tons of places to pass. And then you know, like, where you can make moves. And then also, you, you can, if you know how the hill is, and you've ran it, then in your mind, you're like, okay, that hill's not that bad. It's going to be at mile 10. I know how it feels. I honestly go around every single hill and just map out where the hills are. Because you know what? Flat road's easy. 
Yeah. But hills, it's like, okay, how steep is this now? Imagine running it after 20 miles. Because I feel, I feel like the hills on the elevation map, you just have no clue what it means until you run it. Yeah. No clue. And But I felt like not knowing gave made yeah. me like, just yeah. like, all right, it is what it is. Just do whatever is in front of you. You don't have a choice. You know, that was like kind of what I was thinking of as well. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So what's your what's your prediction for, I mean, you don't know anything about like training or anything like that, but you think I could shave 15 minutes off off my 339 in Austin? I think you, yeah, I I'm asking I'll get my opinion, which is super because uneducated. I, I think exactly. if, you, <laughs> if you train and um, get your body fat down, like I forget who said it, but like every pound you lose is I think like five seconds faster a mile. Like three. Five would be a lot. Three to five seconds. Is what? Sense, though. I don't so know. I'll saying. tell you this. I lost. I put. I dropped ten pounds since August because, like, even this last month, I'm like cut, cut, cut. Because if I can run a two thirty nine or two forty one, just because of like, this week, I'm like not starving myself, but I'm definitely. No, honestly, it might be five. Think about how much faster I got by losing weight. Twenty pounds. Twenty pounds is what? If that's five. That's I mean, but then if you think about that, that's like if I lose ten pounds, I lose fifty seconds a mile, which kind of could make sense. I don't know. Could you lose ten more pounds? I just did lose 10 pounds. You did? Yeah. I was since 170. When? I weigh 160 right now. Austin, uh, New York City, you were since August, Since August 1st. Okay. So, yeah. But I don't feel like I got any skinnier, which is the best part of it. I lifted heavy all year while running and then cut 10 pounds. But I also feel fra- like I feel cold. The problem is like last week it was cold. Dude, my body like has, has no fat. There's no, nothing keeping it warm anymore. Like yeah. I'm looking forward to finishing this and then getting kind of fat, like getting some weight back on the what frame. Do you, do you have any goals for after, or you're not even thinking about that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe go on a vacation, land a beach. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like you. <laughs> for like two days. Two days with yeah. a girl. Two days. It'd be, be nice. Deserve it, yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Just lay there. And what? In the sun. What? Yeah. Before we get there, what's your official prediction for yourself for Tucson? There's so many factors. I'd love to rip a 243. I mean, dude, I'd love to rip a 238, but like, I think I could be dreaming. I don't really know. I think New York was a 256, some bathroom issues, some stomach issues, sprained ankle. Stayed the, the night of. before. Yeah. I, what was that? I just like steak, man. Thought thought the steak would be okay. I like steak. I wish I could just eat steak instead of carbs and run fun. Uh, I'd say though, like, I think a two forty, I think a, a sub two fifty at New York was realistic, mm. without any. I mean, the sprained ankle was huge. I didn't even know if I was going to run New York. I was going to drop out. Sure. Like, I was going to defer to next year. But I think uh, Tucson's a little bit nicer course. It's pretty much like a flat decline with one hill in the middle. So, I mean, in a perfect world, run like a six minute flat pace the entire time. That would be like freak mode, perfect world. I'll be really happy. I'd be exceptionally happy, and I'd could sleep really well off season because i don't really feel like running anything through the winter 60 miles a week in in new york just doesn't interest me in winter i want to just sit down and work i was thinking i'm gonna start because i have this austin austin marathon would you do austin no just because the elevation <laughs> Dude, the best he said no he said no so quickly like, why why not more because body it's not made You're you did 12 a year how long do you think i need to recover yeah. how long do you think the week 12 was not at like it's not good for you, and that's not a race. Like, there's some stop in there, but like the best in the world run two a year because yeah. they're building their plan around the two. Like, I've just ran two in gotcha. two months at like extreme push, coming off of like 600 miles ran in 
three months. But what, so about, what about people trying to build up? Like the best in the world, the Kimchogi, Kim right? He's doing two a year maybe. But like, what about me trying to get good? Like how many should I be doing? You don't get good from the marathon. Yeah, I know. But it's, yeah, that's a good point. The marathon's just a... So how much should I be doing to test myself? To test like is Austin too soon even? Probably. It's fine. It's like, what is it? Like, two, two and a half months? I'll get like 10 weeks it's of training. It's 11 weeks away. I'll get like nine weeks of training. Yeah. Maybe eight. It's technically eight months. It's technically two two months of training with a taper. Yeah. Good. But I did one month this time and did pretty good. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what could two months do for you? Exactly. Probably. Uh, yeah. Try and so run like a one fifteen half. I think after this one, I'm going to go try and run like a one fifteen half marathon. Like uh, not so crazy. That'd be. Yeah, I think that's what I think I can do based on. I think New York, but. I was in, on pace for like a 119, so half before bathroom break. So 115 would be insane. 110 would be freak. Freak. I just, I just swallowed a Skittle whole. <laughs> All right, let's get back to like, let's finish the pod good. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. This so came, you can go. Whenever no, you I love it. I love exactly it how it here. turned out. This was hilarious. When I hopped I'm so in, happy. did you just start? We were probably 30 minutes in, right? Oh, nice. Yeah, it was perfect. This was perfect. This is a special Thanks, guest appearance. This is a we feature on a pod anyway. So yeah, it texts exactly. One. We, we talk, should do a pod. All but... about the dark place. That'd be fun. Dude, it's funny how when you think about the dark place, it's only when you're in it, and then it goes away, and then you're oh, let's sign up for the next one. But, and it's like you're, the happy place is the second you cross the finish line, and the dark place is Not in the me. run. It took like a while. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, so I went to the medical tent. How, what, did you have the same thing shaking? I was. I was just laid down passed out for like 30 seconds they're like shaking me to get up yeah. I'm, I'm uh in this like hot cold hot cold hot cold yeah. state that's because we both went too deep into the dark place i pushed like i was like i'm deep. gonna go like i'm finishing this if i drop over at yeah. the finish line that's like i want to give it every little bit that my body has tyler's getting me a coach sports nice i mean he's the most well-connected person yeah in probably. new york city running it seems like so yeah or I'm, i don't know i might just try to like Get connected with some of these savage coaches. We'll see. Do you have anyone in mind you want to coach? I don't you? know. Like it'd be sick if Nick Bear's guy could make me a plan. I don't know if yeah. he's like would do that, but I want Lance Armstrong's old coach. Juice me up. <laughs> Use me as Juice a test up, rat. Bro. Use me as a test rat to see what we can get out of this human limit. <laughs> human limits. I'll be data. Um, I'll be science. Whoever listens to this, if you're a scientist or a doctor privately contact me we can discuss doing a closed study on athletic performance <laughs> absolute madman All right, bye hunter <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> see you daddy <laughs> epic pod epic one hour <laughs> see that was great worked out perfect yeah perfect um let's take it home um I feel like we've got to give Noah, like what did you learn from Noah and what, what was it like having Noah around for three days? He basically was like our mental coach, our stretching coach, our, our handyman on the, on the racetrack running with us. Like, what was it like? What was your experience with Noah? Noah Heisman. Heisman. It was uh, incredible. I mean, I, I wrote, I've never met a person like Noah, you know, never met someone who would do that. And he genuinely got, I owe, he got me through the race, 100%. With, you know, 
seeing him and he helped me with the waters and he pushed me especially at the la- that last segment was everything like i the reason i don't think i would have been able to push to the end without that you know i don't know he really got me going again and uh yeah man just like pure generosity pure service that's like one word i'd sum up noah with is like service that's all everything he does is for other people you know his gym is for other people you know yeah it's uh that dude is special so thanks noah yeah we got to figure out a way to really like pay it back is the wrong word but just like i just appreciate him so much and i i hope we can be there to support him and in in a similar way for one of his life events that is significant to him you know because he was there for us right when we got to Austin randomly. He just became our friend and just like took us under his wing. And he just did that again for, for the marathon. And it was cool because when we came home from our Austin trip last year and he took us around and showed us everything, I was telling my parents like, oh my God, like you got to meet this Noah guy. He's incredible. He's helping us out so much. And then for our parents to see it firsthand was so cool his the exact same thing he did for us while we were visiting Austin for the first time he did for our first marathon pretty incredible it was it was the same it yeah. was amazing yeah he just co- he, he was my coach 100% for this one um, so cool it was uh yeah i don't know i like can't say enough about him it's uh what he did is amazing yeah I, we will we will pay i will repay it back somehow i just i don't know maybe i'll do it by forcing him to do good in the half marathon <laughs> forcing him to go hard <laughs> yeah i mean it's gonna be fun so many people that we know are already signed up for it and already we gotta go hard now i gotta now that i signed up i'm gonna we gotta get some people to sign up and rip it you know i'm gonna put out a tweet i'm already getting r- texts about it i'm gonna put out a tweet right now saying like come rip the awesome marathon um yeah love yeah. that come rip it it will change your life if you just you know you don't have to be feel ready right now like I said, two months before this this uh, Memphis marathon, I was freaking running. You look, it would. I'll have to do a full maybe breakdown because I think what I did is actually insane, and and there was some like strategy behind it in my opinion. But if you look at my runs in like September and and even October, dude, I was doing like four miles at like nine minute paces, eight minute pace, eight thirty paces, bro. That, like, but that's struggling. Good. I know, That's what you're but supposed, I was like, you know, that was like my best. Like I wasn't going faster than that. It's crazy. I, I don't have a ton of heart rate data. Like it was, I didn't always wear like the right watch, but, but like, dude, I got a Garmin two weeks before the race. <laughs> crazy. And I feel like, but I feel like you're in the perfect scenario of you had a strong aerobic base in college, I'm yeah. guessing from yeah. playing soccer. Yeah. And also, so like you were building that back up and also yeah. you're a great athlete and also, like, yeah. you were dropping pounds. Like, there were so many factors working There's in your, a lot. your favor. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But it's just wow. It's just amazing. I like all these little... I think that's why I like running. It's just all these tiny little things all come together. All come together into this one ridiculously simple thing, which is just a time. Yeah. That's all you get. All you get is a few digits. But behind those yeah. digits is this near infinite amount of small decisions every single step you take in every single session of training creates that time that's what's amazing about it that's yeah. what obsession is right it's like all those details no one ever sees but they see the work eventually and the work is just your time a few digits yeah it's amazing right and behind those digits is 
you know, a novel of stories and experiences and training. Yeah. That's what I felt. That's what I felt when, when I was standing at the start line of just like, all of this comes to this moment right now. And this is just the beginning for all of it, for the, the journey. Beginning. That That's how I felt when I finished. I was like, well, this is the start of a, an amazing journey right now with running because I love this and I'm going to do this again. Correct. It is the, just the beginning. You already know like the delusional plans I have now and like, I'm just excited. That's how I felt on the plane ride home. I don't know about you, but I was just like, wow, my life just kind of started, you know? Take me through that. What was that like on the plane ride home? Well, I just feel like I haven't been this excited about something in forever. And like, I feel like, like I just discovered this opportunity to have, like this potential I have, you know? You know what I mean? Yes. Like someone, someone tweeted that to me. It's like, dude, you have, you just discovered like, you know, untapped potential. And that's exactly what it is, you know? It's wildly untapped. There's been a yeah. drop of it that's come out. And I think that's the most exciting part. Like what happens when I open the faucet for years and let it rip, you know? Um, like I look at a picture. There's I got I I I, I was kinda going hard on the running shit, so I like I'm taking a break. But like there's a I was doing those AI pictures of like me running and there's one that looks almost exactly like me the picture I posted of that my dad took of me at the finish line. And it's wow. like, dude, I've just been trying to become this savage athlete for like all year basically and uh now it's slowly becoming real which is cool finding your thing finding a thing that you feel like you have potential towards that expands your world that you're excited about yeah so special and to do it with people that you love as well like i'm so grateful that i we could do this journey together and that like our families could be involved with it and my parents came out and your parents came out and i got to meet them and see how sweet of humans they are and my parents support like to do it all with people I love to me, like that's really the, the win. And that's why I was so content with a three thirty nine or a four hour marathon or a three twenty five or a four fifteen. You know, it was just like I would have found ways to find enjoyment from the process because I was doing it with people so many people that I loved. Correct. It was uh one of the best weeks ever. You know, one of the best weeks and weekends ever having all those people together for us. Really cool. You you described it like it was like, this is like a, in some sense, like a wedding, in some sense, like a birthday, like running your first a, marathon. A marathon really a special is, day. It can be. Yeah, it's a, it's a wedding for pain, you know? And you only get to, it's one person, it's just you. But like the congratulations you get, it's basically like getting a wedding. So it's like some people get married in their 20s and some run marathons and you just choose what you want to be. Either way, you'll get a bunch of DMs saying congrats. <laughs> um both are pain. both are different forms of pain i guess anyway uh let's keep <laughs> and and the um i one one theme from the weekend was like you go to the dark place and i go to the light place that seemed mm -hmm. to be like that seemed to come up like a million times throughout the week i think so Any i think that we realize we realized this week i feel like we get along so well because we're kind of opposites in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and I, I don't think it's bad but it's like, that's just who we are. And that's why we like each other and get along. But there are, you know, similarities, similar passions, similar obsessions. And, uh, but I, I think it's like where we get motivation from, I feel like is different. And it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Where do you, you get motivation look, from? That voice. And I, I, you know, the voice that 
I've been writing content from for years. All the posts, like your mom meets me, says I'm you know so different in person, and it's true. Like I don't talk like that in person. I'm pretty happy in person I, most of the time. Pretty like I don't know, what's the right word? Innocent, like just like having fun. Pure and yeah, pure and um, like like the dark place is is that voice in my head that knows I'm capable of more. And I haven't always been at list acting the right way, but I've been literally just writing it online. Those thoughts I have, that's what it's been. That's what my Instagram is, you know? And I should talk more about that because it would, I think, make make it clear for other people to have listen to that voice from themselves, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And w- one of my big realizations also from the week was like how – you're, the real thing about obsession and why you talk about it so much is to reframe it from a negative to a positive. Yes. Which is almost like taking it from a dark place in society, like you're so obsessed with that being a negative connotation to you're so obsessed with that being a positive connotation. And it's already kind of done that in a small way over the past two years because of you and because of the way you In our frame. circles, yeah. In our circles, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, not mainstream, but yeah. it, in in the worlds we hang out with, if someone yeah. says obsessed, they're like thinking about it in a positive way, which is really cool that yeah. you're responsible for. I mean, yeah, the la- this run is the perfect example, which has happened the last few months with the running. Is This was obsession. This is what I do when I'm obsessed. I literally did nothing else except running, and that's why I was able to get the time I was able to do in the short amount of time I did because I, like we said, there were a lot of factors that came together, and that required obsession. Obsession, like you have all these, it's kind of a cool way to think about it. Like you have all these little dots of details, right? And the only way to connect them is with obsession. The only way to see them and connect them is through obsessing and bringing those strings together and creating the picture that they create together. I don't know. I'm just thinking in analogies, but it's uh, that's how I view it. Super cool. And it's the reason for, I think, like the, the reframing of a lot of um, just people are going to change their perspective and and similar to the dark place, you said like that's going to be the most important concept that you ever write about, potentially. I think so. Why is that? Probably because it's like the dark place. It, it, when you think about it, like that's the most important place you ever go because it shows you who you really are and who you're really capable of being. And mm. giving it a name, a specific name, helps people one know it's there and one know like when they're in it. Like I get DMs now saying like when I lift, I remind myself to go to the dark place. I think about going huh. there. I feel like I'm there. You know, so, so if that's the most important place to go and if I can come up with a term, which I didn't come up with, I just like packaged it. Um, it might be the most important thing, more important than obsession, more important than anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love that phrase that people love it as well. And a couple of things on that. It's like a dark place, a dark place is something that is typically negative connotation and you're trying to move it to the dark place having a positive connotation or at least like being able to use that dark place you go to to make people more understanding of what they're going through which is you, you go to the dark place to get to the light place that's how i view it i don't know that's how i view it it's like yeah that's how i view it you don't stay there you just you go in though for periods of your life um and then you get out and if you stay too long you get hypothermia like me <laughs> Um, and then also another thing that you said to me, which was really interesting, which is like, it's a good sign when people start repeating back to you the thing that you are saying. Correct. And people are, are for, for creators. Yeah. 
yeah. for creators. 100%. And now you're Just kind of experiencing that, that, right? With uh, your own term, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into that in another time. But okay. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for just like just all the insights and wisdom over the past week it's it's meant a lot and i'm really just grateful to have spent so much time with you and i see and sense within you just like coming to a more authentic place for both of us online and in person and in every moment and so i think that's really what we're here to do like really truly express ourselves as we really are and not hide any bit of ourselves because we're scared or insecure. And uh, I think we're both coming to new versions of ourselves every day. I feel that. That's what I said in, uh, yeah, thank you. That's what I said in my post where I mentioned you. I'm like, you just always push me to be the truest version of myself. And that's why I appreciate you so much, you know? Yeah. It's been a special journey, bro. It's been a special journey thus far. It's only been two and a half years. Um, But it's, in some sense, just beginning. Just beginning, and you know, our next pod will probably be after the Austin Marathon. I guess we'll do another one. I would imagine, and uh, we'll do another wrap up. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll figure out how to do it in person. Yeah, yeah. but if we have the energy, I feel like next time we probably will. We had so <laughs> much energy the the day after, like going through every single thing and mm-hmm. explaining it. We did. That was, we did. We were just like, we should do the pod right now. We should have. Yeah, we should have. But. This was great. Um, any final closing thoughts you have for the people? Sign up for the Austin Marathon immediately, even if you're sure. just starting to run. Um, I like The ideal situation is you've been kind of getting into running this year, going on a, maybe one or two runs a week, maybe a few more, and you maybe feel like the Austin Marathon's too soon, but it's perfect time. 11 weeks is perfect. Um, I would sign up, even if it's just the half marathon. Uh, it really takes, it takes, I think running, you start liking it when you get good at it. It takes a yeah. long time to get good at it, just like anything. And uh, I would encourage you to try to get good at it and spend the time. Yeah. And I think less, for me at least, it wasn't that I got good at running. It was that I was seeing progress and I was seeing myself get faster. And yeah, same seeing... same idea. Yeah, same idea. That's what I mean. Yeah. Because good is, good is super relative in running. Yeah, exactly. So progress is infectious and, and just keeps you going. But And it compounds like nothing else, I feel like, in running, especially if you have some weight to lose like me. Um, and I feel like most people probably, if you're listening to this, could lose a little weight or fat, whatever. And it's like, damn, you're going to feel like a new human. Yeah. So. All right. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it there. So grateful for you, bro. Such a great episode. Hunter special guest appearance. <laughs> got, got a unexpected. little messy in the beginning, in the middle, but it's all good. No, that, that's exactly madman energy that we would expect. Um, Correct. Follow this man at Zach Pogrob on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the 10 Bullets newsletter. Anywhere else we should send people? That's it. You got it. Cool. Twitter, Instagram. Um, that's it. Cool. Good stuff. Um, all right. Until next time, Godspeed. Godspeed.